This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello, I'm Brandon Perna, host of That's Good Sports, a 10-minute-ish daily NFL comedy podcast. Have you ever wished for a crappy version of The Daily Show, but only about the NFL? Then, first and foremost, I implore you to dream much bigger. Secondly, I would recommend subscribing to That's Good Sports. Every weekday, I will be giving you NFL news, telling questionable jokes, and swearing just enough so you won't ever be able to listen with your kids in the room or car. I don't ask for a lot, but if you don't subscribe on iTunes, my wife said she will leave me. Thanks, and I look forward to putting my voice in your ear holes. In the shotgun, Carr's going to throw, pumps, looks end zone, throws for the end zone, wide open, James Jones, touchdown, Raiders! I'm not a big gambler, I only play the slots, because you know what they say, scared money, don't make money, and I got scared money. Rodgers to the end zone, caught for the touchdown, James Jones! John Gruden has not coached since 2008, so what makes you believe that he is the guy to take this franchise to the next level? You know, and it's just Cali swag. Hello, hello, this is Keeping It 300, brought to you by Blue Wire. I'm Fallon Smith, along with my guy, James Jones. Where are you at today, JJ? What's crackalacking? I am in L.A. early in the morning. You got me up. But I'm here. I got you up because we were football. supposed to do it last night. <laughs> uh, you got me up early in the morning. I know. And I don't even know when I could release this. Hopefully sometime today after I teach my class. But anyways, well, after the Raiders' embarrassing loss to the Vikings on Sunday, I decided to do a bonus podcast on Sunday night, uh, breaking down the game, giving my thoughts about the state of the franchise, basically going full Raiders fan venting mode, <laughs> okay? Uh, and for those who haven't listened... Go check it out. Uh, it could be therapy for all of you diehard Raider fans. A nice little therapy session for you. Uh, but before we get your thoughts on the game, James, we do have to go over some news real quick. So uh, linebacker Mark Lee, he was placed on injured reserve. Uh, so the Raiders signed rookie linebacker Dakota Allen from the Rams practice squad. Uh, the Raiders, they cut your boy, wide receiver Ryan Grant. So he yeah, goes from a starter to bye-bye, no longer on the team. <laughs> so that's tough. Oh, man. That's crazy, but, you know, at the end of the day, man, in this league, you got to make plays. Yeah, that's true. Well, in a corresponding move, uh, they elevated linebacker Justin Phillips to the 53-man roster from the practice squad. Obviously, they need linebacker depth after several injuries last week, including Vontez Burfecht, who was dealing with an elbow injury. Uh, he did practice on Wednesday, so that's good news. He should be good to go on Sunday, but obviously you need some depth at linebacker, and the Raiders do not have that right now. Anyhow, since you weren't on the pod, I want to hear your thoughts about the game. I saw someone on Twitter call it the Minnesota Massacre. <laughs> a little dramatic, but semi-true. Yeah. And number one, you got you to gotta understand, it's still early in the season, man. You know, 
people don't understand. Like, yeah, the Raiders came out. They had a very good first game. They played some good football. But it's still early in the season, so you're still going to have certain mistakes. You're still going to have things that you're trying to correct, trying to trying to fix. And some of these games early in the season going to be up and down. We might see a Raiders team that's like, oh, my goodness, this team is unbeatable. Yeah. And we might see a Raiders team like, okay, yeah, this Raiders team still has a little ways to go. They still got things to fix. And, and that that's what we're seeing early in this season. But what I'm not seeing and what I've seen all training camp is when I went out to the Raiders practice, all I seen was energy. Mm-hmm. All I seen was people flying around. All I seen was people yelling at each other, getting people going. And I I told myself and I told you that, man, the energy is contagious. The way they are flying around, they are going to win a lot of games just strictly off of their effort. Man, these last two games, where is it at? What do you attribute that to, you think? That, that's what I'm saying. I don't know if it's the coach. I don't know if it's the players. I don't know what's going on. But – I'm watching that Vikings game, and I'm like, there's no urgency. There's no one flying around on offense, on defense. I'm like, where's the urgency? That's all I've seen from this team, and that's Raiders football, flying around, knocking people out, going fast, everybody hustling, everybody grinding. I'm like, where, where is that at? That's all we've seen the first game. Do you think it's important, were, though, for a team to, to um, at this point, I know it's only you know three weeks in, uh, now entering week four, but to establish an identity? Like, who is this team? Well, I mean, I think early in the season, that's what you're trying to find out. You know what I'm saying? So that's why they like, okay, what well, Ryan Grant, you know, was a starter, good training camp, you know, then he got in the game and he wasn't, make, he wasn't making no plays. You know what I'm saying? So they're trying to figure out, all right, who else can we put in there for Ryan Grant? You know what I mean? Are we just going to be a running team? Are we going to hand this thing off? So that's what they're trying to figure out right now. So it's going to be some growing pains until they till they figure that out. You know what I mean? Who's going to be the other playmaker on the other side of Tyrell Williams? You know, so there's a lot of stuff they got to figure out. But one thing you don't got to figure out is how hard you play. Yeah. And that first game we seen the Raiders play, they were playing harder than the other team. You know, they were flying around. They was knocking people out. They was playing hard. They was playing with passion on offensive side of the ball. The last two games, man, I have not seen that. And that is how you're going to stay in the game, especially through this stretch they have, all their games being on the road. Yeah. You know, I mean, you got to bring that energy, man. And that starts with Coach Gruden. And that starts with the coaches. They got they got to bring that. They got to bring that energy, man, because that's what's going to keep them keep them in ball games. They have talent. I mean, yeah, some teams might be more talented than them, but they got talent to get it done. But they they got to go out there and play that Raiders style of football, just with all that passion and that energy. They got they got to get back to that. Well, last time we spoke, um, I said you know this Raiders team is probably somewhere in between their win over the Broncos and their loss to the Chiefs. But then after getting whooped, you know, by the Vikings, I kind of feel like it might be closer to, you know, to that. So who do you think this Raiders team is? Do you think they are as bad as what their record um, and the stats show? Or obviously small sample size, you can't tell. No, I think the Raiders got a very good football team. But like I said, their strength is, is them playing hard. You know what I mean? Like if you watch that Broncos game, 
They played hard. If you watch the first half of that Chiefs game when they dominated the Chiefs, and the Chiefs is probably the best team in football, and that first quarter of football they dominated them boys and was up 10-0, like where is that football at? I feel like after that first quarter, this Raiders team has kind of went in the slump, went in the hole. Like where where is that, that first that first Raiders team at the whole Broncos game in the first quarter of the Chiefs game. Where is that team at? I don't know this Raiders team right now. They got to get back to playing that style of football. Well, I think that one, the first game they had on defense, Jonathan Abram, who was really a leader, even though he was only a rookie and he brought that energy. Um, and then obviously when you're running the football, you're having success running the football, then you're going to have su- success in the passing game. And you're going to be balanced, you know, on offense. So that was the you know, recipe for success for week one. Uh, week two, they really couldn't establish a rhythm after after that uh, first quarter, and they clearly didn't establish a rhythm um, in Minnesota. So I want to today talk about Derek Carr, um, but before we get to that, I, I want to have a serious conversation, though, for real, about his future. But I do want to mention something that John Gruden admitted on Wednesday, um, and he said not having Antonio Brown basically put a wrench in their plans. Yeah. Clearly, you know, they played pissed off in week one with something to prove. They got the W against a terrible Broncos team. But now they're stuck searching for answers, right? Um, And they don't have the speed at receiver. A.B. was a guy who could take the top off of defenses. And so that obviously is a factor. People can't, you know, overlook that because he was the best or one of the best wide receivers of the National Football League, and you thought going into the season that you were going to have him on your team. No question. You know, that's a big blow there. So that's, a, I guess I would say I would accept that as an excuse. But again, this is the National Football League, so no excuses. So this is what I want to talk to you about. Um, Vic Tafer, uh, the reason why I'm using his tweet, even though the stat was from Pro Football Focus, is because David Carr, your colleague, retweeted him with a comment. So... Vic Tafer tweeted, Carr's average depth of target is 6.7 yards, tied for fourth lowest in the NFL this season. Then David Carr, your guy, Derek's brother, retweeted Vic and he said, yet he's one of the most accurate deep ball throwers in the league. Now, that is true. And Dave, David was clearly taking a shot at the play caller, <laughs> John Gruden. Right. Wondering why isn't Gruden dialing up some deep shots for D.C. Because I don't know if you saw the entire last game, but James, there was about one deep throw, maybe one or two. And looking back at the all 22 film, a lot of those dink and dunk and screen uh, screen plays, they were by design. Um, And Carr, he did overthrow a couple dudes, didn't see an open receiver a few times. Um, and sometimes didn't take chances through a tight window. And, of course, you saw the costly interception that uh, he threw, and that was all him, so I'm not defending him there. But when is he the best, James? And what was his best series? When he was in the gun and receivers were spread out, which, of course, stretched the defense, and the guys got into rhythm, and then they scored on a nice flea flicker play. What happened after that? Huh? Nothing. Nothing, yeah, absolutely nothing happened after that. But, but I mean, first off, you're on the road. You playing a big time defense. I have went up against that Minnesota Vikings and Coach Zimmer plenty of times. This is the most experienced defense in the National Football League. These dudes got 
pro bowlers after all pros on that defense. And the best thing about that defense is that defense has been playing together for years. And I'm not talking about two years, three. They've been together for four to five years, all their big-time players on that defense. You can't say that about any other defense in the National Football League that's been together as long as Minnesota. So I'm going to tell you this right now. Coach Zimmer and Zimmer's defense, they do not give up the big play. Give up they plays, they yes. do they do not give up that those those type plays especially at home so I understand you want Derek Carr throwing this ball downfield and and all that, but they're not giving up plays like that. The only way that you're going to get plays like that on Minnesota, especially at home, is if you're running the air out of the football. You're off schedule. They load the box up to stop that run, and you take a shot down the field. But they that that defense doesn't doesn't give up big plays. They did sell out to stop. Um, Josh Jacobs. I mean, that was their game plan to get the Raiders uh, one-dimensional. Now, they did not allow them to to have explosive plays. They played really uh, back in coverage, but the problem is they also don't have the speedy receivers, the Raiders, to blow the top off of a defense. Plus, again, pass protection, you know, it, it didn't hold up. It would break down quickly, so that means what? That Derek Carr either has to throw the ball away or he has to check it down. So there was a lot of factors that went into that, but a lot of the dink and dunks, um, you know, that was on yeah. on design. So you're saying that it's not on Derek Carr or Gruden. You're saying it's because the Vikings defense is just that good. So you're not really blaming anyone here except for the Vikings defense being good. Absolutely. Did you see the second half of the Packers-Vikings game when the Packers scored zero points with a guy that's going to have a gold jacket on that couldn't move that couldn't move the ball? Oh, yeah. None. I mean, they got they have a big time defense now. Yes, you came in this season. Antonio Brown is a special wide receiver. Him on the other t- side of Tyrell Williams, you you got something in the mix. You know what I'm saying? But still, with still with that said, yeah. man, it's it. The Vikings do not give up big plays. You know what I mean? J.J. Nelson is faster than Antonio Brown. So if you want to drop back and just bomb it to J.J. Nelson, you possibly can. But it don't mean the Minnesota Vikings is going to give that up. J.J. Nelson could fly. You know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, they on the road, they played a big-time defense. That defense got after them, man. Games like that happen. You know what I'm saying? But just go back to the drawing board. You do have some weapons out there that could make some plays. You know what I'm saying? But I think the first thing first is we need to run the air out of the football. Well, here's the thing. So Gruden actually said, too, on Wednesday, he said, um, this is regarding Derek Carr. Um, he said, I think he's done some good things. I'm not going to put it all on Derek. I'm calling the plays and designing some of this stuff. So I put it on myself. He's done a good job. So because a lot of people, again, fans afterwards, up in arms like, God, oh, check down Charlie. This is some bull crap, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but we're looking at the film again. I mean, there wasn't a lot of opportunities to go downfield. Um, and a lot of receivers weren't open and he had to check down. And a lot of the short passes were by design once again. Um, and I hate making excuses for Derek Carr because that's I feel like we we always make excuses for him every week because we're such big fans. Um, but I want to before we dig deeper into Carr, I want to reiterate something that I'm not sure you knew about on Sunday, because I know you weren't able to watch the entire game because you were covering the Packers game, but Tyrell Williams, James, only had three catches on three targets, James. That can't happen. He's supposed to be your wide receiver one. I don't care how many times you got to throw some jump balls and give him a chance. 
Let him go up there <laughs> and get the ball. You're not listening to me. No, he was open a few times. Let me tell you, and a lot of the other times he was blocking. He wasn't even. Uh, it wasn't even designed to go to him. But go ahead. But what I'm saying is, is Coach Zimmer is not gonna let the number one wide receiver beat you. Just like Bill Belichick ain't gonna let the number one wide receiver beat you. Zimmer's not going to let the number one wide receiver. And what people got to understand is when you see him open on a couple plays, that's fine. But Derek Carr probably could have looked his way five more times and he wasn't covered. So it's like, okay, shoot, they taking him away. Let me see who else I could get involved in this ball game. And then, yeah, you may miss him on a couple times if he does spring open. You know what I'm saying? That's 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 just part of the game. But Coach Zimmer's not going to let one one wide receiver beat you, man. When Derek Carr was extremely at his best, he had weapons. He had Mari Cooper. He had Crabtree. He had guys that could really go out there and make plays at the wide receiver position that he was comfortable just throwing the ball up to, that he was comfortable getting the ball out of his hands fast and getting it into their hands. He was comfortable. Right now, he does not have that. All he really has is Tyrell Williams. No, Darren Waller. Darren Waller is a player, but I'm just talking about explosive wide receivers on the outside. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. He 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 has Tyrell Williams. They they and the other answer was Antonio Brown. And if you add Antonio Brown in this mix, and I don't want to keep keep doing that because he ain't coming back. I but know, if you add him in this mix with Waller and Tyrell Williams, now you cooking with the run game. So. You know, right now, you know, hey, they they left searching for another playmaker on the outside, but you can't. Gruden's right. You cannot put this all on DC. When you know what I mean, you you built this offense kind of around AB this off season to get to get him involved, and now he's not there. So now you're searching on how to get other people involved to make this offense click, and it's going to take some time. Now, this is something that you talked about after Week One, um, and I'll get to it in a second. But the Raiders' 34 pass attempts to 20 rushes against the Vikings. A lot of that obviously had to do with them playing from behind, so you got to throw the football, of course. But I was going crazy because of how un- underutilized Josh Jacobs was. He had 44 yards on 10 carries. He touched the ball just 10 times. What happened to getting him involved in the passing game? And we're not talking about just out of the backfield, you know, in the slot, move him around. I have no idea what Gruden was thinking. Now, a lot of people said, oh, well, you know, he was sick. He lost 10 pounds. He was under the weather. If you're out on that football field, you know, James, if you're out on that football field and you're healthy enough to play, there is no excuses. And in the first three weeks, he's only caught one pass. And that one pass went for 28 yards in the season opener. Hello? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's... I think when you go back to this drawing board after you got beat up by Minnesota, I think as a coach, the the number one focus is okay. Our two best players on offense, are, well, I mean, you can even say our three best players on offense, okay, is the running back Josh Jacobs, is Tyrell Williams, is Darren Waller. Mm-hmm. All right, so when we go into this game plan, let's figure out a way that we can make sure all these guys touch the football because they are our best chance to win. And let's start with the running game. Let's get the ball to this young running back that we have behind this big old line that we have as many times as possible. Number two, that's going to keep the other team off the field. That's going to keep our team on the field, and it's going to eat clock up. Yeah. All right. We lost. We lost one of our best players on defense. Let's let's try to let's try to slow this game down. Let's try to shorten this game. Let's keep the defense off the field. Let's go out there and let's try to eat up some clock and put together some long drives. But 
you got to go into the game saying we're going to get the ball into our best player's mm-hmm. hands and we're going to mm-hmm. make sure he touches it. Okay, they're shutting him down. They're stopping the run. Let's try to get him out here. Let's open this thing up. The reason why D.C. was so special in college, so special his first couple of years in college, because he got the ball out of his hands extremely fast. Let's get back to that. Let's get the ball into these guys' hands and let and let him make some plays. And they have to figure out ways. they got to be creative, and you got to figure out situations. you got to figure out certain uh, personnel packages that mm-hmm. helps get these guys the ball in their hands in the best situation. And the only way you're going to do that, man, is if – is if you go into practice and you say, okay, yeah, we got other receivers and other running, but these are the guys we are future, featuring, mm-hmm. and we're going to get the ball in y'all hands to make some plays. I wonder why Gruden is so in love with, you know, the jumbo packages and short passes, and I don't understand. I want to see some, like, four or five receiver sets out there, spread that thing out. Yeah, but you got you, you to gotta understand, I think right now in this Raiders offense, the jumbo package is their best package. Because if you really think about it, when you go jumbos, one wide receiver out there on the field, right? Yep. And Tyrell Williams is the best wide receiver on the team, and he's probably the only one right now on the team making plays. Then you got Waller on the field, so he's going to be on the field in jumbo. And then you have, you know, Josh Jacobs on the field. You know, their best package is not spreading you out with the receivers they don't have. Yeah, but guess their what? Their best hasn't package worked, is putting their big dogs out there on the field who move people out of the way. You know what I'm saying? And you're able to run the ball and you can play action pass off that. But the only way that's going to work is if you're not behind. You know what I'm saying? you got to stay on schedule. You can't be in the jumbo package and you're down 21-0. Well, that's what's been happening. So, <laughs> But my point is that that might be their best package. But I think um, what really caters to um, Derek Carr's strengths is spreading things out. Yeah, but you can, like I said, he has to have the weapons too. You know what I'm saying? If you spread people out and the wide receivers are not winning, then you're going to be sitting here like the fans out there, check down Charlie. Well, if ain't nobody winning, and then Mm -hmm. if they show two replays of guys winning twice and Derek Carr was looking the other way, it's like, you ain't even looking over here. Yeah, Yeah, because he got jammed up five times before that that you guys didn't see on the replay. I I think I'm just searching for answers, just like, you know, a lot of Raider Nation, because a lot of people thought, okay, you know, no way be no problem, but really – Unfortunately, well, I mean, they I think him. the I think the answers are you got to understand that this is Gruden's second year. He's still getting the players that he wants in there. He's still like they're still kind of in this rebuild mode. Yeah, they came out and won the first game, but the Raiders fans got to understand they're still in this rebuild mode. Would they still be they in the rebuild? Have... Hold on, would they still be in the rebuild mode if they had one A B on the outside and two Jonathan Abram was healthy? I mean, they will have a better chance to win, but I still think the Raiders, this is going to take time. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Obviously, if you had two great players, I mean, shoot, you're going to have some opportunities to win the ball game. I mean, A.B. could take over a game by itself. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, they still got a lot of holes in this team that they're trying to figure out, man, and it's part of it. You know what I mean? So they just got. It's gonna be some ups and downs. Mm. It's gonna be some ups and downs. It's gonna be some pretty games. It's gonna be some ugly games. You know what I mean? But you just gotta hang on, and you just gotta hang on for the ride, and and, and let them get better. Okay, so you're gonna hate this next um, topic, and it is still about Derek Carr. But you're gonna hate where I'm going towards this because he's your guy. He's my guy. <laughs> you know, we've defended him. We've been Team Derek, right? Um, his brothers, Darren and David, defend him every day, as they should. But in my opinion, I mean, I'm kind of tired of 
you know, the excuses that we're using a lot. Um, I feel like there comes a point in time where you have to stop making excuses uh, for him. Um, and I have to be unbiased here. So I'm going to play kind of devil's advocate because I still believe he's the future of the franchise. But I don't know. At this point, I'm thinking it's year six, you know, and I'm not 100 percent sure no, anymore. I'm not 100 percent confident anymore um, if he is the future of the franchise, because everybody said this is a make or break year for Derek Carr. Yes, we're only three games in. They have 13 games left. He could obviously come out here and light people up, which I hope he does. But right now we're not really seeing it. We're seeing more of the same right? Minus 2016. We're seeing inconsistency. We're seeing some brilliant plays that he's making. Then we're seeing some terrible decisions and it has you scratching your head. Um, You know, he has happy feet in the pocket still. Sales balls over his receivers. Um, And of course, the Raiders are losing. So I just want to know, you know, where is Derek Carr from 2016 without making excuses about him having the weapons? Where is the Derek Carr where I'm going to put the team on my back and get this W Derek Carr? Where is the I make the players better around me Derek Carr? You know what I mean? Because in 2016, the defense was terrible. The only reason why they were still in games, one, was because of the offense. Two, the defense made big plays when they needed to in key situations. Who was on on the team in 2016? You're going to tell me about um, weapons-wise? I don't care about weapons-wise. I'm talking about Derek Carr leading this team from— Fallon, Fallon, you got to understand. Aaron Rodgers still leads his team to the playoffs when they freaking are bad. Tom Brady, same thing. It don't matter who he has. And, and I know the whole continuity thing, we can bring that up as well. Him and Marcus Mariota have had different coordinators, different play callers, how many times throughout their career, and both, and both of them are considered quote-unquote busts or not franchise quarterbacks by their fans because they're frustrated because they're not winning. But the continuity aspect, yes, does have play a factor. Aaron Rodgers was with Mike McCarthy throughout his entire career until this year. Tom Brady, Bill Belichick have been together for all six freaking Super Bowls and for his entire career. So, yeah, and, Aaron, and Aaron Rodgers had a lot of weapons and Tom Brady's has had a top 10 defense since he's been in the league for 20, 20 years. Derek Carr is on a team that has had not a top 10 defense and now you're putting him out there with very limited weapons like you said, 2016, where's that Derek Carr at? Where's that Derek Carr at? Well, that Derek Carr was there when Amari Cooper was balling and Crabtree was balling. That that Derek Carr was there. It's hard to but go Josh out Jacobs there as a quarterback. Josh Jacobs is better than any running back that they had that year. I understand that. But it's hard to go out there in the National Football League with receivers that cannot win on the outside. It doesn't matter how good you are. If Aaron Rodgers was the Raiders quarterback, the Raiders would be going to the playoffs. If Aaron Rodgers was the Raiders quarterback this season, they would go at least they would win at least nine or ten games. If Aaron Rodgers was the Raiders quarterback, they probably might be in the same situation. The receivers are not winning on the outside. They own Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay because he ain't putting up no points in the second half. I'm actually pissed about the DA. What's up with your boy? Yeah. What is up with your <laughs> I'm boy? T- I'm trying to tell you what's up with him. Everybody want and and it, it should be like this because he's the quarterback. He, you make all the money, so when you win, you get all the praise. When you lose, it all comes back down on you. You know what I mean? As you should. But what I'm trying to tell the world is, I don't care how good you may think you are. All right, if you don't have the weapons outside to win and to make plays for you then you're not going to be that good of a quarterback. It, it's just, it's just not, not going to happen. Okay, I have two questions. 
one. I remember when we were talking about uh, Derek Carr and his strengths and also like what Aaron Rodgers does and Tom Brady. He throws his receivers open. Right? Isn't that what great quarterbacks do? They throw their receivers open, correct? That is true. Okay, number two, great quarterbacks make everybody else around them better. That is true, too. So what are we arguing about right now? We're arguing about So so you're saying Derek Carr is not a great quarterback because, one, he's not making the people around him better, and he's also now not throwing his receivers open. No, what I'm saying is is those (laughs) qualities of a quarterback is very good, and, and Derek Carr can do that. You know what I'm saying? But throwing what? your throw like Derek Carr used to throw Crabtree open all the time. Crabtree was always covered. Derek Carr used to put the ball in special places to throw Crabtree open. But one three one thing Crabtree was special at mm-hmm. is body control, and he probably had the best hands in the National Football League. Are you Besides giving you James. JJ? James. Are you giving JJ Nelson a chance to throw him open and make a big time tough catch? Are you giving Hunter Renfro a chance when somebody's all over him to make a big-time tough catch? No. Should I trust Hunter, though? That, I, I trust that is him. not what those guys do. If it's anybody on that team that you will do that to, it's probably the tight end who had a huge game or Tyrell yeah, Williams who has been balling all season. But other than that, when it's tight coverage and the quarterback's throwing you open, he's trusting that, okay, even though J.J. is covered, I'm going to put the ball here because he has very good hands. He's strong. He can make these plays. Derek Carr does not have the confidence in these guys to throw the ball over even if he could put it at certain spots, that they are going to make these plays. You know what I'm saying? And if the quarterback does not have confidence that these guys are going to do that, he's not going to pull the trigger and throw it over there and force a pick, an interception, or anything like that. Yes, can Derek Carr do more to help this football team? Can he make some more throws? Absolutely. But like Gruden said, to put it all on him is not fair, man. He does not not have everything out there for him to be successful. Yes, and so you know what's funny? I'm obviously just trying to have a, a, a nice little conversation with you. I'm not trying to argue it, um, argue with you. I love Derek Carr. I want him to succeed. Okay, I put a lot of the blame on John Gruden to be a hundred percent honest with you, um, and especially some of his uh, play designs. I just think that Derek Carr doesn't really fit his system. I or he's just not putting him in the best uh, position to succeed. And that's the thing. Like when I watch the tape, I want Derek Carr to take more chances. I want him to throw the ball in tight windows because he can but when I was watching the game I'm like he does not trust these guys to make a play the play yeah you know what I'm saying because he thinks that maybe they'll tip off their hand and then it'll be an interception but they've never been that player in their career you know what I'm saying like like Crabtree was that player in his career making tough grabs you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yep. as time went on, a couple weeks Derek Carr threw him a couple balls and Crabtree made it. He like, oh, shoot, I could put the ball here. I could put it there, and he's going to make a play. You know what I'm saying? He cannot trust J.J. Nelson and Hunter Renfro and them guys to make those plays like that, man. So it's hard as a quarterback to always be telling yourself in your head that you got to make the perfect throw. 
So you're saying after week one, Derek Carr was just playing the quarterback of a football team, blowing smoke and saying, I told you guys we had great players. I told you guys, you know, we've been building this chemistry in all this offseason. We didn't need like Antonio Brown. Well, I mean, number one, you coming off a big win, an emotional offseason. You know what I mean? I think I think that was that was talking emotional right there. But number two, if you watch that game, a lot of those throws were those guys wide open. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? It wasn't a lot of tight window throws that DC had to throw. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Now, if those guys go out there and they're winning on their routes, and DC, you know, is is just totally blowing throws, that that's one thing. You know what I'm saying? But when it's tight coverage and all that, man, and, and you don't trust guys to go up and make a play, man, as a receiver, as a quarterback, man, that that's that's not a good place to be in. Last thing on Derek, Raider Twitter went crazy after the game, okay, <laughs> as they always do because fans are irrational. But a lot of people said there's no way Derek Carr is going to be the Raiders quarterback when they move to Las Vegas. What do you think? I think they're stupid. That's what I think. <laughs> I mean, I mean, my, go, go, go out there if you want to, and draft one of these young guys that you think is going to be special and all that type stuff, and and all that if you want to, that's fine. And he could turn out to be great, but just know that you're letting a special quarterback out of the building. And DC, if that was going, would happen, will go somewhere else, and he's going to ball. He's that type of talent in this National Football League, man. And he's he's a great he's a great quarterback. And if you let him go, that's fine on you. If you think you could draft somebody else, Raider Nation, that that yeah. could be better than Derek Carr. Go go ahead. But I'm telling you right now, it ain't gonna happen. No, we've had Carson Palmer, uh, Jason Campbell, and Rich Gannon, and the, and Derek Carr. I mean, in the last how, what two decades? <laughs> so I'm not sure that Raider Nation wants to um, draft a, a quarterback. We don't need no Jamarcus Russell drama, no Terrell Pryor drama. We don't need none of that stuff. I'm going to need you guys to build around Derek Carr. Now, a lot of people, again, James, year six. If year six is not good, if this, is, if this keeps up, if the Raiders only win three games, can you even blame the Raiders if they do move on from Derek? I mean, <laughs> you can't blame them if they move on from nobody. But if you <laughs> – if if you go win three games and Derek Carr ain't making no plays and all that type of stuff and he's looking terrible and all that, then, I mean, yeah, you could go back and read. But, I mean, I promise you, man, Derek Carr is not going to look disgusting like that to where you feel <laughs> like we can't build around him. He's just not that guy. He's a, he's a special quarterback. So it's not he's not going to put on film like, oh, this dude is terrible. Yeah, I know. Let's pump the brakes, obviously. It's – Literally, week four, they've played just three games. There's 13 games left. Schedule is brutal. Exactly. Three games. I know, I know. But we have to do this. This is what you do. It's a week-to-week league. So we are reactionary to every week. Um, But the schedule is brutal. So let's see how Carr and company uh, respond. Um, And Carr usually responds well after a tough outing. And up next... They will face the Colts in Indy, game two of five straight away from home. Uh, Before we look ahead to the Colts, we have to take a quick break, so stay where you are. So a few of us on this show use Harry's Razors, and if you visit their website, you can check out all different shave sets and face care products. Join the 10 million who've tried Harry's. Claim your special offer by going to harrys.com slash bluewire. Why try Harry's? Harry's founders were two regular guys tired of getting ripped off and paying for overpriced razors. Harry's makes quality, durable blades at a fair price, just two bucks per blade. 
If you don't love your shave, let them know. They'll give you a full refund. This summer, refresh your wallet and your face with the Harry's Trial Set. It comes with a weighted ergonomic handle for an easy grip, five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade for a close shave, rich lathering shave gel that will leave you smelling great, and the travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy on the go. Listeners of my show can redeem their trial set at harrys.com slash bluewire. So make sure you go to harrys.com slash bluewire to redeem your offer and let them know I sent you to help support the show. At the end of a hard week, it's great to sit down, take some time off, and watch some football. Game-winning touchdowns on two-minute drives, running backs racing down the sidelines with no one to stop them. There's nothing else like the NFL, and there's no better way to make the games even more exciting than to bet on them. So do the right thing. Go to mybookie.ag. No one gives you more ways to win than they do. MyBookie's got the fastest payouts and better lines than any other sportsbook. Don't forget, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. And MyBookie.ag is the best in the business. It's where I play. It's where you should too. I wouldn't be telling you guys to bet with them if they weren't the best. Do the smart thing. If you're going to bet this football season, bet with MyBookie. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you multiply your winnings. And no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of year. Join now and MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE to activate the offer. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Welcome back. All right, so next up, the Raiders will face the Colts in Indy, game two of five straight away from home, James. Uh, Now, the last time that they actually won in Indy, the Raiders, was 2001 when John Gruden was their head coach the first time around. So uh, they played the Colts, they're 2-1, they beat the Falcons and the Titans, and uh, they lost to the Chargers in week one. No Andrew Luck, but it's been no problem. Jacoby Brissett, have you seen him? He's been a stud since taking over, James. Yeah, he's been playing some good football, man. But that's what he did when he came in there the first couple games before Andrew Luck got hurt. That's what he did when he came in as the Patriots. I mean, he's a guy that can get the job done, man, make all make all the throws. But they do have a run game behind him. But Marlon I don't want to take away from him, though, because when it's time to make some throws, he makes some throws in critical times in the game, man. So, Give that young kid some credit. He is balling. He playing some football right now. Now, Marlon Mack, he's been a beast through the first three weeks. Now, their top weapon, though, T.Y. Hilton, uh, he's suffering from a quad injury, so he may not play. Yeah, Obviously, you have the blow. tight end, Eric Ebron. So what do you think is going to be the biggest challenge for this defense on Sunday? Stopping the run. First and foremost, you got you got to stop the run, and you got to put this ball into Jacoby Brissett's hands. But first and foremost, stop the run, make them one dimensional, and then let your let your pass rush get after the quarterback. But you cannot let the Colts stay on schedule running the ball and throwing the ball because it'll, it'll be a long day for the defense. So first and foremost, you got to get up there, you got to smash that run, you got to stop that run, and then force force them to pass. The Raiders' D has struggled over the last few weeks, but specifically through the air. Now, through three games, they've given up an average of 286.3 passing yards per game, and they've allowed a passer rating of 118.6, which is ranked 28th in the league. I would say to make them one-dimensional and make them beat you um, 
on the ground. Yeah, but you can't you can't never go into a game saying let them beat you on the ground because if you let a team run the ball and dominate on the ground, that means Derek Carr and that offense is on the sideline. So, no, you're right. Time of possession. Yes, yeah. you 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 can't do that. First and foremost, going into a game with good running backs, you gotta stop the run, especially if T.Y. Hilton is not going to be out there, and even if he's not going to be out there 100. percent you know, what I mean, that's a big-time weapon that, you know, Jacoby Brissett goes to. So now it's like, okay, once we smash that run, we just got to worry about stopping these tight ends. And that's, that's yeah, bonus, that's bonus for the Raiders, man. Well, so the Colts, their run D has been their weakness, right? Uh, they're giving up 5.2 uh, yards per carry. So guess what? Josh Jacobs, hello, this is your time. 100-plus yard, two-touchdown game. Do you hear me? Get him the ball. Get your dynamic playmaker the ball in every way possible. Do you hear me? Okay, do Before, you hear me? Get the ball into your best player's hands, all right? And you got to figure out different ways to do that. When you watch the Minnesota Vikings, they know Dalvin Cook is their best player on their football team. Stephon Diggs has six catches through three weeks. Adam Thielen, all-world wide receiver, has 11 catches through three weeks. That's, that's absolutely nothing. But what they are doing is because our best mm-hmm. chance to win is 33. So however he has to touch the ball – we got to get him to touch the ball. And going into the game, he must touch the ball 30 times, whether that's in the pass game or whether that yes. is in the run game. You know what I mean? However we got to do that, he is one of our best players on offense. We have to get him to touch the ball. And that's what great coaches do, get the ball to their playmakers. And then, okay, he touches it 30 times. They're trying to stop him. Then here comes Waller. Then here comes Tyrell Williams. And let's go down here and make some plays. Yes, I think the Raiders could definitely put up at least 28 points this game. So that's what I'm going to bank on. Uh, they beat the Colts. They improved to 2-2. Two and two, And then they shut everybody up, including myself, <laughs> at least for a week, um, until they face Khalil Mack of the Bears in London, which is definitely going to be fun. But that's going to do it for this week's episode of Keeping It 300. If you haven't done so already, please rate us and write a review. We would really appreciate it. Till next time, for James, I'm Fallon. We out. Peace.